Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. People with suspected symptoms of the new coronavirus or COVID uh, should uh, self-isolate at home um, and communicate with their family by phone and consider putting a sign on their front door to ward off visitors. I mean, it's kind of getting like leprosy, you know. Should we put a little bell around their neck as well and maybe, you know, hang some sort of wreath with blood dripping from it on the door? Now, I know it is dangerous. and I, I don't mean to make light of it, but in saying that, I just I want to know what you think. Is it do you think this is all a bit dramatic and over sensationalized? Or do you, are you genuinely worried about it? Because look, people are dying. Over three thousand people have died. That's fair to say. And it's all over the world now at this stage. I mean, the dramatic instructions were issued by the HSE yesterday as the Health Minister Simon Harris predicted a surge in suspected cases. So what he's kind of saying is look, it's not a matter of if it comes to Ireland. It's a matter of when, which is going to be in the next week or two, I imagine, because of the amount of suspected cases we have at the moment. I mean, we've already had 90 suspected cases in Ireland who were isolated in hospitals, and many more were asked to self-isolate and are currently self-isolating, including students that have come back from Italy. And we were talking about this in the office today and wondering how honest people would actually be, because I watched a news report this morning of the red zone or the danger zones in Italy, which are now ghost towns. All the businesses are closed. They spoke to one guy who had a uh, an alarm business. He puts in alarms. He's out of business. He can't afford his mortgage. He can't afford to buy food for his family. Think of the knock-on effect this isolation and this panic is having to the economy, to small businesses. I mean, even the Chinese, the Asian people themselves, they're, they're the ones damaged more by this because it started off in China. Chinatown in London is desolate. I know people in this country who won't go and get a Chinese takeaway. Because of the fear. It's over-sensationalised. And that's wrong, by the way. It's a bit racist to be doing stuff like that. Just because somebody's Chinese doesn't necessarily mean they have coronavirus. Now, I'm not going to mention the hundreds and thousands of people around the world who have already got it. And one or two people have got it twice as well, by the way. Because you can get it a second time. And as I said, 3,000 people are dead. The facts are easy to understand. And let's not misrepresent what the coronavirus is. It is dangerous. Of course it is. The flu is dangerous, by the way. Every year, 638,000 people around the world die of the flu. The swine flu is dangerous. 0.2% mortality rate the swine flu had. I think it was something like 800 million people got the swine flu. And a lot of people died. But in saying that, we got through it. It wasn't as dangerous as the coronavirus. But here's the facts, right? To make it easy to understand. If 100 people get the virus tomorrow, Out of those 100 people, 85 will have flu-like symptoms, ranging from mild to bed confinement, like having the flu. 10 of those people, now we're up to 95, may need support. That could come from your GP in the form of, I don't know, antibiotics for related illnesses due to the virus. You might end up with a chest infection or something like that. Or you could end up in hospital. Five more will end up, or five of those 100 will end up in a serious condition and possibly have to go to intensive care. Maybe three would go to intensive care. Out of that three in intensive care, two will die. And that's the facts. So you would be unlucky if you were that one of those two. And more likely, if you were one of those two, you're probably elderly and you probably had underlying conditions in the first place. So your average healthy person under the age of 
probably 65, 70, is not going to die of the coronavirus. Unlikely. Very unlikely. If you're over that age or you're unwell anyway and you happen to have respiratory problems or you have heart disease or you have other underlying conditions, well, obviously you're a higher risk. But I want to know how you believe the media is handling this. Every day, there's a Facebook post about the girl around the corner with the suspected case or the fact that the conspiracy theory is out there. The HSE is not telling us something. They're going to announce it this afternoon. There's actually a suspected case in Bowman Hospital. There isn't, by the way, can I just say. But, that you know, these are the stories you're seeing on Facebook all the time. There's a bloke in Lucan has it, and they're not telling us about it. Matches are cancelled. Now the talk of St. Patrick's Day Parade possibly being cancelled. Do you think it's a bit overdramatic and sensational? Or are you genuinely worried about it? Let me know what you think. The number is 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Mary, you're on Classic Hi. Hits. Hi, Mary. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Uh, well, when I say how are you, I'm glad to hear everybody's well today. So that's the main thing. <laughs> uh, Mary, is, is it a bit overdramatic? Is it uh, oversensationalized? Are you, are you worried about it? No, I'm worried about what I don't know. That's what worries me. I'm worried that the mainstream media, never mind Facebook or Twitter or anything like that, are not coming out more and making statements. Now, I missed the statement yesterday. Um, I was angry up until now, thinking they hadn't come out with any official statement to advise the Irish people. The Irish people are watching the TV in uh, the UK are watching what they're saying about the coronavirus. Uh, one of the talks that they had, um, they had um, a professor there and then the guy that deals with travel. And they were saying, no need to panic, no need to panic. And the guy that was representing the travel industry said, yes, but an airport, an airport is a hot pot. Mm. And I thought, well, hang on a minute now. There's two people sitting there trying to calm us down yeah. and he comes out with that statement. And you know what? You're right, Mary. I'm sick listening to the radio and I'd listen to other radio stations, obviously, because yeah. I'm here there. And I hear different experts contradicting yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, wear a face mask. And then somebody else says, no, sure, there's no point in wearing a face mask. Mm. Isolate yourself. Somebody else says, no, there's no point in isolating yourself. Just let it happen. And I hear just kind of mixed conflicts all the time from different experts and virologists. That's why people are panicking. Because they're so confused. There's nothing to be confused about if you come out, make a direct statement, point on point, exactly what to do, the status as it is now, and be honest about it. And I don't believe people are going to self-isolate. See, this, I don't, I don't, see, this is the problem. When we were talking yeah. about this in the office today, particularly yeah. those who might be self-employed, right? Yes. You know, if you get it, if you get a bit of a cough or a cold, firstly, you're probably not going to go to the doctor anyway. Most people don't uh, when they get a bit of a cough or a cold. You could have the coronavirus. You're not. Yes. Go- you're probably not going to stay at home because you have to go and earn money to pay your bills. Well, I'll tell you something. If you're working in the retail business, you won't be paid for this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it will come off. You'll get uh, so many days off and then you'll get a written reprimand. Well, most, I, well, I, well, Mary, I think most people nowadays don't get sick pay. You know, I mean, there's no yeah. obligation, there's no legal obligation of an employer to pay sick pay, by the way. Oh, I think there, yeah, it, it is. Um, in the public sector. On, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a different thing altogether. Yeah, the public sector, um, they get a lot. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'm not envious at all. Don't, don't. Come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, so you're right, but people just, are going to lie, aren't want they? a statement, yeah. I want, uh, and it will allay, allay people's fears. They'll know where they stand. So the fact that they haven't come out en masse about this um, worries me. 
But does it worry that the HSE said, right, that they said that um, people with suspected symptoms of the new coronavirus should self-isolate at home, communicate with their family by phone and consider mm. putting a sign on their front door to ward off visitors? This sounds like leprosy. If you're, if you, if you're not a, um, a moral upstanding person, the people that are likely to call to your door will know because you will have told them. Mm. But the problem is, it's the, the dark, the dark area, the grey area of human beings that have no respect for anybody else, anyway. And you're heading off, by the way, on holiday to Malaga uh, on Sunday, uh, yeah? Well, and, I was. And you decided now you're not going. No, I'm not. I'm not going to take that risk because it's the airport and sitting on the plane that has me worried. It's not where I'm but going. The, yeah, but the chance, I don't think there's been any cases mentioned in Malaga yet, by the way. And the chance. Well, yeah, there is. Well, there okay, is there. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. But there's still the chances of you getting it are slim. But it's just the thought of walking through that airport with all those people that either don't wash their hands, have come from uh, infected areas. But you're, but you're risking that every day. Mary, when you go to an airport every single day <laughs> or any busy place or busy building, um, you're risking all sorts of viruses and flus and colds and coughs and God knows what every single day of the week. Uh, but that's for essential. You don't go out unless you have to work or do something. You've chosen something to do or it's essential. But this is a, a long-haul flight. Well, it's not long-haul. It's a quite a short flight. But uh, I just watch human beings and I'm not impressed. Well, as human <laughs> beings, we're not very hygienic, I'll be honest with you. No, I'm not do. impressed. No, well, I know. But you can't be responsible for everybody else's hygiene, No, Mary. but I can be responsible for my safety. Yeah, I just, I mean, you're not going to get, your your insurance is not going to cover you. You know that, by the way. No, I know. Yeah, that's unless that's, the fl- okay. that's just because we had the expert on there yesterday. And unless your flight is cancelled or the government yeah. puts out a travel advisory on the area, you're, oh. not, you're, you're not covered by insurance. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I get you now. Because the insurance companies are running the world. But that's, that's maybe why they're a little lax or dragging their feet coming out here and making a statement. See, I am, I am worried. If I was 70 years of age or, or if, I, mm-hmm. if my mum and dad were alive, for example, which yeah. they're not, they're gone, right? But if yeah. I, I'd be worried about them and I'd be worried about their health because obviously this, this certainly is more, it's more damaging to people who are vulnerable or elderly or have underlying problems. I don't know your yeah. age group, by the way, Mary, but I'm assuming you're, yeah, you're, not, well, you're, you're not that old. <laughs> and you sound healthy enough. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, when you're, when you're not falling down, are you? You know what I mean? So, I mean, what no. I'm saying is you're a healthy enough person. So you're not most likely going to be one of the two people that out of 100 that would die from this. I know. I agree with you. But I think I think at this point in time, if I had something definite and I had something in place and I was told something up front and voluntarily up front from the government, it may sway how I feel. And, and I, I agree with you in a sense. And I think it's very, there's a lot of misinformation. And there's a lot yes. of confusing information when you're yes. listening to us and you're listening to other radio stations and television stations and everybody has a different expert on saying yes. something different. And that's yes. very difficult for people. And I understand that, okay? One guy sat there on the Good Morning show and said, well, you know, I'm not an expert in this area. I turn around in the kitchen and I said, well, get off the show then. <laughs> <laughs> but I just gave a bit of information a minute ago, but I'm not an expert, but I got it from an expert and this was about the 100 people. And I, don't yeah. know, I don't know whether you heard that. So 85. I did, I did. it makes yeah. sense. So 85 will get flu-like it symptoms. It makes sense. Well, yeah. I can afford to put this off for another week because where I'm going, I just book myself and they actually have kept my luggage from the last trip. 
Now I was there. Jeez, so I well for you. It's well for you, Mary, oh, isn't it? Huh? You've got to ask. Mummy said you've got a hole in your face to ask questions. Ah, yeah, the <laughs> life of the over 65s. Huh? You can't beat it. Mary, <laughs> Mary, stay there for a second. Let me go to Pauline. Okay. Pauline, yeah. you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pauline? Hi, Niall. How are you? Is, is Mary a little bit panicked? Well, paranoid, maybe. But that could be a good word. She's not going on holidays to Malaga because she's so worried about um, meeting people in airports. Well, and... I, came, I was in Vienna last week and I came home and there's an awful lot of passport control coming to the airport. They're checking where you're coming from. Yep. Mm. So um, I think, like, if there was a possibility that there was an outbreak, she would be, I suppose, she wouldn't be allowed to come home or... So she's probably panicking a little bit, but I'd rather go and then miss me holidays, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I know, like Mary, going on holidays, the part I'd be worried about would be on being on the plane, right? Because you've got that recycled yeah. air and 300 people oh, in a God. box, right? Yeah, yeah. So, now, so I'd be, like, I have to be honest, maybe I'd be a bit over the top, but I'd be wearing my mask, but there don't really be any use to me or not. But I think the healthcare <laughs> in, Mal- in Malaga would be better than the healthcare here, so she'd be probably oh, my God. better. <laughs> I, like, I like her already. Yeah, I think the healthcare on the moon would be better than it is in this country. Yeah, like, because I mean, I did hear a doctor yesterday from Sligo Hospital saying that he hopes it doesn't happen because he says, I don't know where we're going to put people. He said, We exactly, have one exactly. room in the hotel that we can use exactly. as an isolation room. One room. Oh, my God. Mm. Like, if you have to ring your doctor, you could be three days waiting for an appointment at the moment. So, if yeah. you had corona, you could be nearly dead by the time you get your appointment. So, I, I, have, I have a vision of somebody going into A&E in Limerick, for example, and saying, I think I have coronavirus, and someone behind mm-hmm. the counter goes, yeah, take a seat there in the waiting room, we'll be with you in a minute. <laughs> yeah, if you just get in town, And we, we shouldn't laugh, because look, I, I mean, there's no doubt that millions... It's the of, Well, over the next two years, if this continues, and it becomes pandemic, which it, the experts believe it will, you know, a lot of people are going to die. But yeah. But here's the bigger problem. If we continue to do what we're doing by, you know, creating red zones and isolating people and yeah. isolating businesses, economically, more people mm. will die because poverty mm. creates death and, and bad health. Yeah. So we yeah. push... Look, Niall, the pharmaceutical companies will make a fortune out of this. Oh, they will. They will. They will Absolutely. be out there, like, yeah, they'll be walking on that right away. And well, I hope they do. They I, I, I don't begrudge them the money. <laughs> you well... Know? I do if it's, if, if, if it, I mean, if somebody has private health care and they're getting looked after and somebody on the, uh, the NHS or the HSE, medical care people, and they have to wait five years for an appointment, I mean, that's all. Oh, my God. Yeah, but I, I don't begrudge the pharmaceutical the money, companies the money if in four months' time they come out with a tablet, you know, that will uh, alleviate the symptoms. I bet you mm. that's what's going to happen. Oh, well, yeah. well, that's what happened with swine flu, because after four yeah, months, exactly. they had Tammy flu, which came out, and that alleviated yeah. the symptoms and stopped a lot of people yeah. from dying. So, good, good luck to them no, if they I do. No, I don't think... It probably stopped a lot of people from dying, but if they, they could have brought her out earlier at Nile and had prevented the people that did die, die, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think, they, I think it's just a money racket. I really do. It's like the flu. Yeah. They would have a cure for the flu, but... They make so much money out of paracetamol and cough bottles and things like this, and mm. they don't. Well, particularly in Ireland, we make a lot of money out of paracetamol. And the, yeah, the, exactly. I mean, I, I go to Belfast every weekend. You can buy an ASDA, you can buy a packet of paracetamol. I think there's 20 in the packet for 27 pence. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah, yeah. Come, come tomorrow. How much? <laughs> Mary, how much like me. Oh, my God. <laughs> how, much, how much would you pay for paracetamol in Ireland? How much is a, a packet of paracetamol? Probably 129 for 12. Yeah, right, okay. 
I bow to your superior knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I would do it. No, but, them. No, well, I, I'm a carer, so I would be like... Okay, so as a carer, are you worried about elderly people, obviously? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, because of the health. I'm not worried about the corona. I'm worried about the waiting list that they'll have to wait for if they do get the coronavirus. The, okay. I'm worried about... I'm worried about them getting cared for if they get it. Yeah, yeah I don't you see know. much care. I don't see much care in this country. Right. I, mean, I, I really no. don't. No, I, I, think they, I don't think they care too much about us, to be honest with you at all, uh, compared to other countries. But some of the texts, by the way, are coming in. Somebody says, uh, I am quite worried about it, Niall. Another person says, Niall, I think the media has gone completely over the top of this. A person says, I can't chat at the moment. I'm working in a mortuary. Oh, well, that's lovely. Thanks for sharing that with us, all right? <laughs> uh, somebody else says, I'm not trying to minimise the risk of the corona to those with compromised health, etc. Uh, the elderly, those with weak immune systems. Uh, but let's not forget the vast, vast majority of the population, 98% approximately, will fully recover if they cont- uh, contract the virus. Personally, I think the danger of destroying businesses and economies as a result of this, frankly, is over-the-top fear-mongering. And it's far greater, a far greater threat to society in general and to the common good. That comes in from Tom. And Tom, I post that very, uh, those very words, more or less, just slightly differently worded, on Twitter this morning, and I completely agree with you. I think if we push the world into recession because of this, I think yeah. indirectly more people will actually die. Let me, well, let me go to Fran as well. Um, is it, have to go to Fran for yeah, Fran, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Fran? How you doing, Niall? Uh, Fran, are you worried about it? Not at the moment. Right, okay. Well, when when will you start con- to worry? Or- I am more concerned uh, the way the government is actually handling it. Right, okay. Because yeah. we know what our government is like for handling They're incompetent. medical issues. Yeah. They are useless. They haven't got a clue. So that's what I'm more worried about than the actual virus. Right, yes, okay. it has implications. And I think, basically, when you look at the... Say the rugby. Simon Harris, who's the Minister for Health, said he'd have talks with the IRFU. Is he the Minister for Health or is the IRFU? Well, Well, he left it up to the IRFU to make their own decision. He said the government can't enforce that at the moment. So he left it up to them. The Minister for Health, the health and well-being of the the general public is more important than a small company like the IRFU. Well, I, I, we haven't had a confirmed case. So until there's confirmed cases, the government don't have the power to turn around and cancel the match. So they well, said basically people, they were leaving it up to the RFU. The people that's coming over from the match is coming over from an affected area. They are, yeah, from Italy, yeah. Are they, would that not be just... Well, they were, and, not now, and they're not. Yeah, but, yeah. but I mean, if you look at it... Like they might still like come over to watch us. cancel the match, but they haven't cancelled people's holidays. So these people are still booked in to come to this country. Most likely, and, and some of them might still come and make it as a bit of a holiday. Yes. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And they're coming yeah. from an affected area and they're not being stopped. Yeah. I mean, when we have a virus, and I remember when we had the foot and mouth, was the last time I've experienced something like this in this country, uh, the foot and mouth back in 2001, we cancelled all mass gatherings. If I remember rightly, the ploughing championship was cancelled. Uh, the St. Patrick's Day parade was cancelled. Football matches were cancelled. Gigs in the Three Arena, or the, as it was called, the Point Depot at the time, they were all cancelled. Uh, anything that was on the Aviva or Crow Park was cancelled. So mass gatherings of people are normally cancelled. That, that's kind of common practice, Fran, you know? Yeah, but I think what they're doing now is they're doing risk assessment in relation to public health and risk assessment in relation to financial loss. Mm-hmm. And they're weighing up the two to come up with the best scenario, will you, will which you, is wrong. Yeah, but you, well, no, it's not wrong because you have to look at financial loss. Financial loss is also equally important to some extent. Now, I know so you say you can't put a price on life. A couple of deaths is acceptable for a... No, 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 no. You're looking at one individual thing. 
across the economy when you take it as a, as a complete thing. Like world economic growth is down by, I think, 2%, all right, because of the coronavirus, right? That in turn is quite damaging. 29 billion has been lost to the aviation industry, not including what has been lost in tourism, right? Uh, because billions, they didn't handle it correctly. No, well, billions will be lost to the economy worldwide because goods are not coming in out of China. All these things have a massive effect on poverty. And I with do, poverty comes bad that, yeah. health and death. So if, if we all went into some sort of panic and isolated and closed down businesses and closed down everything all of a sudden very quickly and overreacted completely, well, then what would happen is that would have a knock-on effect, which would probably kill more people than the virus. Yeah, yeah but if you look at the scenario with the gentleman on the plane a couple of weeks ago, he was suspected of having, when he landed in Dublin Airport, he was suspected of having the virus. Yeah. They quarantined him and let all the other passengers walk away, mm-hmm. who in turn could be carriers. Like, I mean, has nobody... But yeah, but, yeah, but they, what, what do you expect them to do? They can't, they can't they quarantine everybody. Yes, they all should. Anybody that was anyway near, anybody suspected, they could be quarantined for whatever it is, 28 days to well, see the symptoms. Well, well with the greatest respect, uh, you can... Uh, I know you jumped in there, you said you can't hold people against their will. You actually, no. you actually can hold people against their will. Um, okay. The law states quite clearly that you can certain circumstances. Now, I don't think it'll ever come to it. Uh, I hope it never does. The law has never really been used. Uh, but I have a statement here yeah. on, in relation. I need to read this out, obviously, because you've mentioned it. It's a statement on forced isolation from the Department of Health. In line with measures taken during similar emergencies, uh, SARS, etc., statutory uh, recognition of the COVID-19, as coronavirus, as an infectious disease for the purposes of implementation of the relevant provisions of the Health Act 1947 and the Infectious Disease Act Regulations 1981 has recently been signed into law. The Minister for Health signed the Infectious Disease Amendment 2020, so it was only signed on the 20th of February, which is only about a week and a half ago. It was signed by Simon Harris, this new law, or putting in, amending the, the original law to include the coronavirus so basically if now oh. look it'll probably never come to it but if you were suspected yeah. of having the virus and you decided not to self-isolate and they knew you had it they could actually take you into custody be nice if you were in a five-star hotel or something, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, would, it would. But again, I, I want to I want to stress that the Department of Health, because we, we contacted them this morning to get that information, and they did stress to us that we didn't want to panic people in relation to that or get into a big argument over that. It would yeah. be unlikely to ever happen. Because I don't Your think... Your quarantine get... is over. You'd be like, I don't want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving staying in this four or five star hotel. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. actually, Becky, stay there because I have to go to a break and I'm going to come to Becky after the break who is a little bit panicked by the whole thing. You can text us on WhatsApp. If you want to send us an audio message on WhatsApp, you can. Uh, the number is 087-188-0008. Send us a message like this one. Now, there's only one way to solve this um, if everyone's so worried about and, like, you know, to get this fixed is put the whole planet the whole planet into quarantine for two weeks and then it'll completely be gone it's two weeks of hell two weeks of loss of business but it'll be two weeks after that it'll be completely gone if i'm right with the 14 days quarantine if i'm right you technically kind of are right but you couldn't probably enforce it around the world it just wouldn't be practical and secondly if you did manage to do that you would put the world into worldwide recession billions would be lost to the economy and a lot more people would die indirectly of poverty Niall, as far as I can hear, most people are afraid of getting this, <clears throat> standing around, breathing in air. And from what I've listened to and read, it's not airborne. It's through droplets of, you know, mucus or cough or spittle or whatever you want to call it, going into your mouth or, 
you putting it into your mouth basically or putting it up your nose or putting it in your eye because it needs a, a wet it needs a wet environment to travel that virus that's on your hands from touching something that you've picked it up from so i think if it was me and i was traveling somewhere what i would do is i would wear you know like uh, rubber gloves hospital gloves uh, disposable gloves probably a blue pair so that i'm reminded so that will immediately stop me from putting my hand to my mouth to transfer the virus into my mouth into my eye up my nose and then eating food you will be taking off the gloves cleaning your hands with an alcohol um scrub and then if you need to eat something with your hands eat it but it is not being transferred through the air the reason people are being asked to wear masks is to stop infected people the person that's wearing the mask is the infected person so it's going to stop them from coughing their spit and their spew and their snots everywhere so it's the person who's infected that should wear the mask and the person who is not infected should wear disposable gloves so that they will never put that glove it's a reminder to them not to put their hand in their mouth without taking off the gloves clean their hands with some alcohol gel and then you can put your hands through your mouth or do whatever you need to do. We need to get you working for the HSE. You have a lot to say there. But in relation to what you said, just to correct some of it, okay, you are right, by the way. The person who has it is the best person to wear the mask to prevent them from coughing or spluttering or snotting, as you said, on other people with their little droplets. Uh, it suggests in relation to being airborne, I've heard mixed commentary in the way that's worded. If somebody's in a room and sneezes and you're present... Um, well then there's a strong possibility yeah you could get it because they're tiny little droplets when you say droplets they're tiny they're in the atmosphere close to where that person sneezed or coughed so from that point of view you know it is important and wearing your gloves is great provided you keep changing those gloves because you are touching things that might carry the virus if somebody has sneezed on it before you Uh, Becky you're on Classic Kids how you doing Becky? Fine Al how are you? Are you panicked? (laughs) That's what it says on my Um, screen Becky is panicked (laughs) Well to be honest, I wasn't uh, that panicked, but I probably in the last couple of days the panic level has risen slightly. Yeah. And, and what are your fears? Your fears are I'm going to get this. If it's going around, it'll be me. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not to be honest. No, not at all. I am. Um, I've discovered in the last couple of days that there's a group of uh, students who are coming back to school next Monday, very local to myself, and they've been on holiday or been on a skiing trip basically in one of the red areas in Italy. Right. Um, And will you be working in close proximity to those students? No. They, my concern is basically I have a child who is uh, severe to complex special needs. Okay. So he has a life-limiting condition and his uh, immune system is severely compromised. So my panic really is over him um, because this is not something that We'd be very hard for him to survive it, shall we say. Well, then, would it, would it not be advisable for you, if I had a child with life-limiting conditions and I was had that fear, wouldn't the safe thing for you to do in that circumstance, and I, I don't want to be giving you advice and you'd be best getting advice from your own doctor from your school, the school, take him out of school for 14 days. And that that, yeah. that absolutely eliminates that, that worry. And, that, and that's great, and I can do that. You see, he doesn't go to the school where these children are coming back to, but... I have other children who would be linked to that school. Okay. So then, obviously, the question is: you take Do you all take the them children out of school, well, well, yeah, and then if you take them out, 
is two weeks long enough? Because well, two weeks is long enough. If you're if you're concerned about the group from Italy, and that's what your concern yeah. is, and, and and it's a genuine concern. It, it, you know, don't get me wrong; I'm sure none of them have it, but it is a genuine concern. The only way to deal with that concern would then would be to isolate your children from them for 14 days, and that means there is no possibility that they could get it from them. Now they could still get it from somebody else, but not from them. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about it last, a group of parents yesterday in relation to it, and we thought, well, yeah, if you take them out for two weeks from Monday, they're due back to school now on Monday. Um, but if they, if one of them has it and passes it to another child um, I know, in I a know. few days, then yeah. it's another two weeks. On top another of that, two weeks. weeks on top and of I, that. I think so this is the problem. Spring, really, you know? I think this is the problem. If, or well, I'm not going to say if, when, when we get cases of coronavirus in this country, and there are coronavirus, there will be cases, there's no doubt about that. When we get them, I, I think it's unavoidable. And I think from what the experts are saying at the moment, it will become pandemic. And I think at that point, all the isolations will stop. Just like we don't have isolation for the flu. We, we generally have good sense and we say to people, if you've got the flu, don't go to work and spread it to other people. But, you know, I think that's just the point. It's just going to get to that point where we just have to accept that it has become part of life and th- hopefully in four or five months that, you know, the great pharmaceutical industries will come out with something um, to, you know, uh, get rid of the symptoms and help us get through it and then within a year we'll have a vaccine for it and that's just the way the world works. Yeah, and I think I'm quite a realistic person and I fully accept that it will arrive in Ireland without a doubt. I suppose what I think is a bit hypocritical really <clears throat> of the government is they go to all this um, extreme and obviously they're not tempted they're not, they're saying that they're not making the decisions cancel the rugby, for example, but the RFU are. But then there's school children all across the country and people travelling back into airports mm. with no checks of any kind. No screening, no. Whatsoever. no. So what, what's the point? Well, well really? I, I, I mean, I, I was surprised the HSC announced there will be no screening in, in airports. I think when we get a, a case, I think they, they might change their view on that. But at the moment, they don't believe that that would have a, any kind of positive effect. Although I see they're doing it in other countries, but we don't, we're not doing it in Ireland yet. So. Yeah, I mean, they are doing it in Northern Ireland. Mm, and I if know... You arrive back, so then you arrive back 100 miles down the road in Dublin. You're not yeah. checked at all. Well... How far? I mean, how many checks can you actually do? Because realistically, even if we did have those temperature checks in airports at passport control, which checks your temperature, you know, somebody who's just got it is not going to show up on it anyway. And then you've got the no. problem: if somebody has a temperature, they might just have a cold. You know what I mean? And then yeah, we're going to start yeah, putting hundreds and thousands of people coming through airports into isolation who don't actually have it at all. So, I mean, I, I think that's the reason why screening is at airports probably is kind of pointless. Yeah, and I think for the self-isolation, in a way, it's not this as well because you're relying completely on the person. And, you know, I've even people I was uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday and they they, they said to me, they said, well, sure, it's not, nothing really to worry about. It's just really like the flu. And I said, well, yeah, that's great. Well, it's a bit, you, more, it's a bit more dangerous than the flu. But for me, for my child, the flu is lethal. Of course it is, particularly if your child has underlying conditions and life-limiting conditions, as you mentioned already. But Becky, my advice to you would be in that particular circumstance, and if I was you in your situation, I would probably get advice from a doctor. And, you know, I would probably take the kids off school, if indeed you're talking about that group coming back. Uh, let me go to Billy as well. Billy, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Billy? How are you? Good afternoon to you there. Just I'm taxi driver here up in Dublin, Dublin Airport. We're quite concerned ourselves now about this whole... Uh this virus, because the first thing now people will do, the first part of the call, they'll get into our cars. Yeah, well, you're the first person they meet, really. That's exactly it, yeah. And I just, 
All the HSC are up in Dublin Airport now from last night. And what did they do? They arrived up in their yellow jackets, handing out leaflets. Every right. other airport in Europe have screening. Yeah, the screening. See, I, I, I know and I, I understand why people would want the screening and I kind of thought about it myself. But when you think about it, it's probably fairly ineffective, really. They're still doing it all over Europe. Where, I know they're doing it in America. They have the they have the heat guns. They point a gun at you. That's exactly like, it. Yeah. yeah. And, and what are we doing? We're handing out leaflets. Not an actual gun, obviously, just for your temperature. You know. Of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> but this leaflet, this leaflet says, "Have you recently returned from mainland China, Hong Kong, Iran, Northern Italy, Japan, Singapore, South Korea?" Now I'll tell you, when I had a fellow in the car last Thursday from Singapore, I had a lady in the car last Monday from. She came in from Venice. Walk straight through. And and how do you how I mean as a taxi driver are you, are you a little bit paranoid when somebody yeah. gets in? And I'm, I know you're, we're not making this about racism or anything like that. But if somebody you know Asian gets into your car or somebody as you mentioned who has been away in Italy or Venice, I mean are you kind of a, are you covering your nose a little bit as you're driving? Or? Yeah, to, to, to agree, and you're kind of watching if they're coughing or something because the best of times over throughout the year I get three or four calls anyway because people are sitting behind me and of course yeah, and, and you're in a tight, tight no, space yeah yeah exactly yeah. and with this thing now and we got the, we're getting no information from anybody in the airport at all they don't tell you something yeah it's a case of you know, actually we'll be grand yes it'll be grand it'll be grand that's the case here <laughs> that's, that's real Irish isn't it sure it'll yeah, be grand it'll be grand <laughs> yeah well I, I know I do understand your fears and you are the first port to call so to speak when it comes into the when people come into the country usually a taxi or a bus yes. driver or whatever it happens to be and it is an enclosed space and you know people are coming from all around the world so it, it is something to worry about but sure, what can you do yes, like, what can you do well all I've got is got my hand sanitizer that's all I've got well, the, well that's a good start isn't it yeah but if they start coughing on top of me or sneezing on top of me it's not much good no it's not much good to you really is it no, and if by the way, as a self-employed person, Billy, if you mm. got if you got it, let's say you noticed a few symptoms, you were confidence plucking yourself, would you stay at home or would you, you put, or would you have to go I'd to work? I'd have to stay at home. I'd have to stay at home. Yes, anyway, I, at the best of times, if I get a cold, I have man flu. You know. So. Uh, <laughs> stay at home. Are you married? I am. Yeah, stay at home and wine, and the missus will make you <laughs> a cup of tea and a bit of toast. You be grand. Well, listen, Billy, oh, I appreciate what you're, what you're saying. And yes, yes, my sympathies go out to the taxi drivers of Ireland, particularly those in Dublin Airport or any of the airports, indeed, who have to take the passengers from those flights uh, from those affected areas. Listen, thanks, Billy. Thanks for coming on the air. Right. I, I understand. Sorry, what do you want to say something, Billy? Go ahead. No, that's it. That's All right, it. Okay. All right. Thanks, that's Billy. It. Have a good day. Hope you're busy. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.